You're listening to audio, where music meets the weird, the strange, and the unusual. You are listening to a recording of a live improvisational piece called Water Drip from a concert by today's guest, Jakub Omsky, and fellow cellist, Alyssa Aprilova. Starting off as a child prodigy, Jakub Omsky was born in Poland, where he was the youngest student in the history of the Frederick Chopin Music Academy. He graduated with honors from Oberlin College and went on to win numerous awards and perform worldwide. He is known as a master of cello, and Yo-Yo Ma called him, quote, an extraordinarily talented and dedicated musician. the founder of Sound Prayer Project, as well as Universal Harmony Dialogue Concerts. In addition to teaching, he currently offers sound and water therapy and performs transformational sound healing methods at numerous hospitals and caregiving facilities. He was recognized by the U.S. Congress for his work, and his current collaboration album called Intermezzo is available on Summit Records. He's with us today to share his fascinating story about his journey into the world of sound healing. Yakub, thank you, my friend, for dropping in today and gracing Hi. us with your presence. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Let's just jump in, shall we? How did you start in music? By singing in tune for a group of actors and musicians that visited my kindergarten when I was five. And the lady who played the piano really believed that I was the musical genius. And she started calling my parents and, and bothering them every day. This was the time of the landline. So imagine communist Poland, everything is gray, there are tanks on the street, you know, rather grim situation. And the landline telephone is ringing every day. And it's her on the phone saying, you must take him to music school, you must take him to music school. So my parents finally relented and... Uh, enrolled me in music school and I was six years old started playing the cello and at seven I played my first recital how did you start playing the cello like how how did that become your instrument of choice my uh, father has uh, been a, a, an amateur cellist so there was an instrument at home and in fact, it's still the instrument I'm playing now. So, yeah, yeah here you are, and, and you're pretty young. You're pretty much a child prodigy playing the cello. Yeah, I was the wonder child, wunderkind, as wunderkind. they called me. Awesome. <laughs> so how did you get from there, being, you know, in communist Poland, in Warsaw, a wunderkind, child prodigy? How did you get from there to the United States of America and Yo-Yo Ma calling you an extraordinarily talented and dedicated musician? Well, it took another fan. Uh, this time it was a teacher um, from the UNESCO uh, 
American English language camp. Uh, I was uh, 16 years old and I participated in that summertime camp. And uh, she taught English through use of songs and I accompanied the songs on cello. And she recorded me playing the cello on a little voice recorder, you know, one of those dictaphones, like tiny little tapes. And then she, after afterwards, she says, oh, and by the way, you know, I used to live next to Yo-Yo Ma. You know, he was my neighbor. And to my complete uh, surprise, I received a message from Yo-Yo Ma's secretary uh, that said, Maestro Yo-Yo Ma would like to invite you to United States of America to perform at the festival in Tanglewood. So now here you are in the United States. How did you connect with Yo-Yo Ma and, and how did it end up being, you know, healing with sound? Very interestingly, I didn't meet Yo-Yo Ma until five years after I came. Oh, wow. The visa uh, documents that were provided by Tanglewood were not valid visa uh, documents. And I had 10 days to decide where, where I'm going. In the meantime... Uh, Aspen Music Festival has uh, has also uh, admitted me and, and gave me a full scholarship. So I ended up flying to Aspen. It was uh, 1992. I haven't talked to or been in contact with Yo-Yo Ma. And then I performed in Santa Barbara. One of the guests said, uh, I've heard that Yo-Yo Ma brought you to this country. I said, yes. So, oh, well, I'll be I'll be there on Thursday. I'll be at his house on Thursday. Would you Would you like to write him a note. So I wrote him a note. And again, a couple weeks later, I receive a message saying, Yoyama would like to meet with you. He's coming to Riverside. He's performing Bach suites, solo suites in, in, um, in Irvine, I believe. In Irvine, not Riverside. In Irvine. And so I drove from Santa Barbara to Irvine and I was, it was wonderful. It was the first meeting. And then... Um, so you finally met the man himself. Right. It was wonderful. Yeah, it was wonderful. And he was very, very kind always. You know, he's an amazing human being as well as a wonderful performer. And then we got to play together in 99 in Tanglewood. I finally reached Tanglewood uh, seven years later. Yeah. And I can imagine Tanglewood must be sort of like the equivalent of Mecca for you as yeah. a cellist. Yeah. What what an odyssey. So, okay, so here you are now. You're, you've connected with uh, Yo-Yo Ma. You've done Tanglewood. You're doing all this incredible work. How did you get to the point of healing with sound? Tell us how that started. It was another uh, one of those Providence moments. Um, a sponsor of the Santa Barbara Music Academy of the West had her uncle who was her mentor uh, in uh, suffering from Alzheimer's. He was uh, at the facility in Los Angeles. Um, and she asked, you know, she was hoping she's heard that sometimes in some cases when you when people hear familiar sounds, even when they are in the Alzheimer's coma, they may wake up for a moment. And she was hoping for a last conversation before he passed away. He was an instrument dealer, and uh, he was um, he was very well uh, well known um, in the music world. I we went we went to we drove to uh, Los Angeles. I performed for I thought I'm going to perform just for him, but they, there were others there. They, they rolled in people in the there were about six people, and they're and all in a coma. 
and they were all in the coma. So they were in a vegetative state, uh, and all of them were actually in the coma for many months, some of them for, for a year already, and they have not waken up for many, many months. I was very uncomfortable. I felt very uncomfortable. Until that time, my entire goal in life was play music. That's all. I wanted to be the best cellist in the world. That was my, my goal. And so, you know, just practicing and performing and practicing and performing. And that was my world. So up um, to this point, you haven't really performed for people who are not able to listen to you, basically. Yeah, I, I performed for some, you know, in, at some retirement communities, but they were all people, you know, who were who were into it. And they, they came they came for the concert. It was concerts. Yeah. Um, and I played for some medical personnel and, and hospitals at, at some point. Yeah. But it was it was, you know, it was a, it was still a performance. It was right. sharing music. So even though you were aware of the fact that, you know, music was something that could uplift people in these communities and that there was a benefit to it. This is a very, like, this is your first time doing anything like this. Yes. Back then I was a jerk. I was, I was literally, you know, very self-centered. It was, it was all about me. It was all about the sound. It was all about my passion and what I want to say with music and so forth and so on. So I closed my eyes because I was facing six people in the vegetative state sitting in their in their wheelchairs and uh, it was very unpleasant sight and you know and so I said okay well I'm just gonna play some Bach and enjoy it right uh, closed my eyes and started playing Bach and suddenly you know about maybe 10 minutes into into my playing I hear people talking so my first thought and reaction was goddamn nurses like really seriously you know how dare they I, I'm here. I'm a great cellist performing this wonderful music, and they're talking. And so I, you know, <laughs> I, I continue audience. playing. I continue playing with my with my eyes closed. I must have had a very sour expression. But then I I hear continued voices, and some people are are starting to 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 raise voices. And I open my eyes, and they're all the patients. So all six patients woke up. Okay, so, so I'm going to stop I, you I, right I, there. And yes. so basically. Because that sounds like something out of a horror movie where, you know, you open your eyes and the people who had been in a vegetative state are like sitting there staring at you, eyes wide open. They all woke up um, from a coma and when when they fell asleep, they fell asleep in their homes. One lady was from Croatia, so she she didn't even speak any English. She she fell asleep in her in her uh, little village in Croatia and woke up in Los Angeles in some strange facility with a, some strange man playing a strange instrument that she's never seen so before. So she's she and the other ones are the ones who are talking. Yeah, they were all like, "Where where where are we? Who are you? Like, who are these people? What is this guy doing here? What is this cello? Like, what <laughs> so is they're this? confused, and you're <laughs> yes. like, "What is going? So yeah, what is going through your head? At the, I mean, the moment that you realized that it was the patients who were talking, I, I was completely flabbergasted. There's no there's no word for for my. I mean, they had like mixed emotions, the feelings. I had no idea. What, like, I've never never seen anything like this. So. Uh, then I had a conversation with um, my sponsor's uncle. Yeah, well, actually, before you do that, the niece who had actually brought you there, what was her reaction to seeing her uncle wake up and, and start talking to people? It was unbelievably touching just to see her because she really, she really loved him. He has 
brought her to the United States and supported her. She thought she'd never had this opportunity to speak with him again. She was able to actually, you know, say her goodbyes with him, basically. Uh, and we have to have to understand the biggest shock for me and the whole nursing staff that all nurses, you know, flocked in and doctors flocked in because because that, that never happened before that all the people at once would wake up and that they were completely lucid. They knew who they were. They knew they knew who their families were. Their memory was intact. It was it was just something just totally unbelievable and overwhelming. A very emotional moment. Yeah, she she was able to speak with with her uncle, uh, settle some business uh, business issues, you know, with his with his business, and um, then he talked. Uh, he talked, told me about my instrument. You know, he was an instrument dealer, so he knew like what my instrument was, uh, and told told me like what his possible value is. I mean, he was completely lucid. So he started talking was, shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was talking and he was talking asking me about my interpretation of Bach, you know, like wow. it was it was it was really really quite uncanny. In the meantime, I've noticed that people we had the conversation, we were chatting for about maybe 15 minutes, and I've noticed that people were just slowly I I don't have a word for it. What it, it occurred to me they were dying. Basically, like they were falling back into the coma and I could see them progressively forgetting who they were, you know, like the, the kind of the paralysis of the face would set in. And that was the moment that I knew that I I need to research this. I, I want to to know more about it. I just so was that, curious. So yeah. are you saying that it was at that moment when you saw that they were actually going back into their yeah. coma? state that you made the connection between the music and what was happening with them it was a heartbreaking moment so up until that point you just you just thought that they had just woken up and it had nothing to do with you no not not that i i I thought like oh well but it was kind of curiosity right it was a surprise it was wonderful miracle great terrific you know it was very positive but then watching them actually fall back slip back into into the coma you know, um, it was a really heartbreaking moment for mm-hmm. me. And yeah, I can imagine and, how traumatic and, that must have been. And it it felt it felt to me like God has kicked me in the pants, and and said, "Listen, you know, here you are, thinking, you know, about you and your your career and performing, and you know, getting that passage in Bach polished and and making sure that this is in tune and so forth and so on." And here's something that is real, you know, like the, there's a, makes a real difference in, in people's lives. And I realized that there's a, this totally different world that I wasn't really aware of and started investigating and started uh, playing for performing for psychiatric clinic, hospitals, um, uh, different facilities, you know, uh, dementia units and and um, reading up, uh, reading a storm about music therapy and therapeutic use of sound and so forth and so on, that started being like normal occurrence for me to to play play chamber music recital and then go and perform for the hospitals. So, and I was kind of on my merry way, and just as I settled, just as I thought, oh, I got it figured out, you know, I know like how to play to 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 steer people up i knew like i designed these all these kinds of clapping games and music right. games that I could play with people so you I have had, all these modalities and all these approaches how did you right. get to the work that you're doing like currently with this, which is the actual sound healing 
in 2001, I, I was performing recital in Erie, Pennsylvania, and, and as, as, as per, my, per my rider, per my contract, um, you know, I requested that they organize a concert somewhere, and they, they said, oh, we've heard about your work with Alzheimer patients, um, how about playing for the largest Alzheimer's and dementia unit in the United States, the St. Mary's House in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I said, sure, that sounds great, wonderful. And I showed up there, played for, you know, hundreds of of people there. How long had you been doing, like, kind of getting that bag of tricks together? About five years or so. I played, you know, and I played for people in the coma. I played for people uh, in the different stages of dementia. And there were, you know, there were marked marked progress, you know, there, there so you just you had gotten really advanced in in terms of you know your modality I guess or your approach. So by the time you you get to this particular gig, you pretty much know what you're doing. Yeah, I was I was confident. I had it all written out. I had the sense sensation, and I this is this is where where something something out of the ordinary happened, because I had an entire time I was playing there. I had a sensation, like the inner voice saying to me, um, "There's a man here that hasn't heard you." Like there's a man here, there's a man here, there's a man here who who hasn't heard me, you know, and I need to play for him. I need to play for him. I had the sensation. I, I, I did, it was it was a little disturbing. So I went to the head nurse and I said, you know, I have a feeling that there's there is a man here that I need to play for that hasn't heard. She said, no, no, there's everybody, you know, everybody has heard you, you know, you, you were able to play for everybody. You did the concert. I still had that nagging feeling that there's somebody there I, I haven't played for. I, I insisted, and um, and, the, and the head nurse said, you know, yes, there is this guy, but there's no way you're going to play for him. He's in a coma, but, you know, he woke up, woke up um, uh, four months ago and he beat up a nurse. I, I insisted that I sign a, you know, release of liability. They moved him from his bed into, into a, a, a chair, and uh, he was in a comatose state. I sat down on his bed and 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 played Bach. Suddenly, I had this experience of of him looking much younger, showing up like a vision inside me. You know, like in the inner space, he showed up, and he said, "the the vision, the man in the vision said, thank you for playing for me.'" Would you mind maybe playing from me? Now, I was startled. I continued playing, and I was just like, "What does that mean, playing from me?" So um, then he said, "You know, I'm I'm going to open your eyes. Look, um, please open your eyes and look at my at my feet, and then you'll hear the sound and play those sounds that you hear." So I was thinking, "Wow, this is very strange. Um, it's really." kind of doubting my sanity in the so, moment. So hold on. So you're you're in the middle of a song and yeah. uh, simultaneously you're experiencing this sort of lucid dream with this guy and you recognize him as the actual patient that you're playing to, but just in another space where he's sort of like right. more of an energetic being talking to you right. normally. And he right. tells you to do a thing. So did you... Did you just stop the song in the middle of the song, or did you at least no, like, close out the no. song? <laughs> like, how did that no, no, work I, out? I continued playing and and thinking to myself, okay, I might, I may be tired, maybe I'm disappointed because you know a lot of a lot of uh, the music therapy 
uh, different things that I did uh, where I, I thought they were not working. I was very judgmental, you know, very self, self-conscious. And so I thought maybe, you know, maybe I'm just creating this d- delusion for myself, sort of like to amuse myself or, or to like, you know, to, 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 to see myself as a healer, so to speak. And, um, so I was I was uh, rather sarcastic about it, you know, for, skeptical, for myself. skeptical, sarcastic, you know, just like, oh, OK, right, fine. Well, let's roll with it. And and then I thought, what the heck? What's the worst thing that can happen? Right. I mean, no, no, it's not going to not going to do any harm. So you're you're certainly. continuing to play so, Bach and you're just kind of yeah. going in your mind. You're like having this conversation with yourself right. in your head. Right, right. And right, going right. on this journey, <laughs> right, right, exactly, yeah, yeah, it's like simultaneously happening on on different planes, and so then I, you know, opened my eyes and I looked at his feet and I heard a sound. I heard different sounds, and so I I matched those sounds I heard playing them on the, on my cello. Now they were not they're not music. They're like these were sounds. They were just sounds, vibrations, frequencies. Some of them were very unpleasant. Some of them were, you know, not. Uh, harmonious you know they were they were so it was very odd and i've seen like there were two nurses there one very beefy big guy you know that they assigned and and another female nurse and he was the guy that was uh, going to protect you just in case that's right, just dude in, case, right. in the bed got up <laughs> and dude, like yeah, attacked that's right. you that's right so um yeah so they are looking kind of bewildered like what is this guy doing like he sounds terrible because you know the, 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 some of the sounds were, were just just really unpleasant so but i continued you know playing through his body from his body like looking at his knees and playing from the knees and there's a continuous presence of that of that vision like whenever you know like in inside me so there's kind of like a double vision i see the the man in front of me uh, sitting there in a coma and then there's a there's that vision guy you know who is the patient who is looking much younger you know wearing a very smart suit and and tie and and he's uh telling me you know you know now let's go you know look look at my belly and play from my belly you know and, and it's it just odd very very odd sensations of being like in in on different planes at simultaneously and at the same time my inner judge is telling me Whatever you're doing is definitely not working. Look at this guy. <laughs> You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. You know, look at this guy. None of these sounds are making any difference. Normally, you know, by this time I, I knew what to look for. I, I would look for uh, increased circulation, uh, increased breath. You know, like breath, breath would be getting faster or maybe deeper. There would be some changes. Maybe a rapid eye movement would, would show up in some of the comatose patients that I played for. In this case, nothing. Then we reached the going upwards through the body. We reached the center of the brain. And uh, the inner vision guy tells me, thank you. Could, could you play some Bach now? Now, when he said, like the vision guy says, play some Bach for me, that's when I was absolutely certain that this is all complete, you know, bogus. That, because how would this guy in, in in small town in Pennsylvania know Bach? You know, like I, did, I had nothing, I had no knowledge about this, this the, the guy, the, the patient, who he was um, before, before uh, onset of Alzheimer's. So uh, I was thinking, okay, I made it all up and now it didn't work, so now I'll play some Bach. So uh, again, 
I started playing Bach Prelude from the first suite in G major. The nurses were visibly, visibly relieved. They were like, "Oh, finally, like some music." And when sound. you when you played that particular um, piece of music, was it uh, his request? I mean, did he just request Bach, or did he request that certain piece of music? Uh, frankly, I don't recall. You know. I remember him. I remember that he said, "You know, would you play Bach for me?" And and I don't I don't recall. I just knew that that's the piece. He just kind of felt led to that particular piece, and it just kind of right. flowed organically. And I just yeah, and I just played it. Uh, so it's an interesting question. I actually forgot this, whether he was specific or not. But never ever nevertheless. Well, you did say you did say that part of your response when he said to he he asked you to play Bach was you you felt like it it, it really was a delusion and you know why yeah. would he say that so right right I mean, it, there was it might no have way been that... like somehow you got a feeling like you were being pushed towards a particular piece of music piece. as opposed yeah. to a body of yeah. work by one artist. I definitely I definitely knew that that would be the piece I would be playing. So and I started playing it and again I opened my eyes. I play I'm playing for this guy. There's absolutely no changes. Like please understand that, that, that there is no signs of any change, any transformation, anything whatsoever. So I finished the last chord of the, I, I played the last chord of of the piece. You know it's about 3 minutes, three and a half minutes long piece. And the patient opens his eyes, beautiful blue eyes, and he looks straight at me, smiles, and says, thank you. You could hear a pin drop. He then, you know, started talking with the nurses, started talking with me. Uh, co having completely lucid conversation and being completely present. And at this point, I mean, up to the uh, right before he started talking, you really doubted yourself, you know, in terms of what your benefit was, what benefit you were bringing to the table. So when you see his eyes open and you hear him starting to talk, what happened to you? Like, what was what was in your mind? I was just about to stand up and, you know, start packing up and go home. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and find and, another and, career. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you know, oh, okay, well, that was interesting. You know, and then he opens his eyes, looks at me. For the first time, I played from somebody. So I considered this patient to be my first teacher. He instructed you from that dream, right, lucid in the dream, dream state. state. Right, exactly. And, and what happened next, um, I followed up with with the with the nursing staff and it's it's inexplicable it, it it's a mystery he had a complete reversal of alzheimer's i mean it was gone he was released to live in the in the in the assisted care facility and he had no signs of alzheimer's since then so and this so is, this is the first time that a patient who had been awakened by your right. Sounds, yeah. Sound or music or whatever right. actually stayed awake. It's not only stayed awake, uh, he, you know, he was fully functional and, and be fully, like completely yeah. healed almost. Total. Well, I, I, I call it a shift. You know, I mm. don't, I no longer, I no longer really believe in, I don't, I don't like to use the word term healing because, you know, we have uh, so many connotations about this. There's a paradigm for healing that, that we lived in inside of for thousands of years uh, as fixing or changing something. Yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was a real, like, this event created a 
huge paradigm shift for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started calling it sound healing mm-hmm. because because I had just no terms for it. Like I, I didn't know what happened. Yeah. But it really is like a shift into a new way of being. Um it's a it's like a transformation rather than change. It's yeah. it's now, you know, the the sound suspension therapy that, that I've been working on uh is more like a collection of questions and protocols which which is like an inquiry i will be asking them questions some of them you know they're all designed in order to activate particular part of their intelligence um and i would i would listen to their sound by actually listening through a stethoscope or listening to their chest um because it's the largest air air cavity in 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 the body so it's it's like an air chamber so air reverberates and i would listen to the sound that it makes and then play play that sound match at the frequency on the cello and then that would be kind of the entry entry into into their sound world so to speak so the sounds that you were getting from the different parts of the body the chest cavity the feet etc Mm-hmm. Were were they were different because of the parts of the body that they were from, or was it because of so, the individual or a combination of both? What seems to be the situation with human beings is that we are all, each and every one, completely unique, and actually we organize our what seems to like what seems to me that that that's that's you know through observation of hundreds and hundreds of of people I worked with uh, that. Each one of us has a unique sound signature that is changing all the time, that seems to be rearranging itself. And the way that that, that our intelligence uh, com- com- communicates uh, with all body parts is through frequency, through sound. And that's why I call it, at some point I, I, in the beginning of, of my work, I started calling it this sound scaffolding from which we are like suspended from a scaffolding, like a building, you know, being built. Um, and then it's kind of, uh, it seems that there are specific frequencies and they're specific to each and every individual. Like everybody yes. has their own fingerprint and nobody, yes. no two people uh-huh. have the same fingerprint. Or That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And so, so it, it really pushes the envelope as far as listening is concerned. They're beings of energy and vibration. So what you're right. doing is you're, you're able to use your instrument, literally your instrument, uh, to help push a, uh, an individual into the next stage of being by right. acknowledging uh, yes. the structure of who they are and translating right. that accordingly. Recognition is a gateway to love. And every human being seems to really want to be acknowledged and recognized. The song that we heard, where did that music come from? So uh, what we heard is uh, the piece uh, was composed on the spot with Alisa Preleva, who is heard singing in this in this particular piece. Music therapist and scientist, singer and songwriter. Uh, we we asked the audience for for some you know words or sentences or things that you know like how they how they're doing what they're dealing with, and then we would we would start making making sounds with that, and then somebody complained about the 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 water dripping from from the ceiling, and we hear that the the, the water dripping, so we started doing the the water drip improvisation, and it's a lot of fun. The idea is the the of a dialogue concert in which the audience 
Everybody is a participant. We're in dialogue together. We're listening for each other. So how can people find out more about you? You can contact me at an email, soundhealer at live.com. Facebook, of course, and social media um, at Jakub Omsky, J-A-K-U-B. O-M-S-K-Y, Om Sky. There you go. Yakub, thank you so much for gracing you. us with your story and your experience. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you so much for your invitation. My pleasure, my friend. And all you listeners and watchers out there, thanks for joining us for another episode of Audio. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, folks. Get a full transcript of this episode, along with phrases to Google, links, and more at audio.com, O-D-D-D-I-O.com. And while you're there, sign up for our official email list to get first dibs on new stuff. Also, like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on our YouTube channel for the latest videos. Audio is a registered subsidiary of Papa Grace and Oshun 55 LLC. All rights reserved.